Okay, I'm just going to record from now. Just so I don't miss any gold. Have you got champagne? Yes, but I have something to show you. I got sparkling Shiraz. Have you had it before? Yes. Okay. And the mood struck. Go for it. Cheers. It's isolation. Cheers. What are you having? I'm just having the standard Aris. I I bought half a dozen, so I'm getting three of them. That's right. You stocked up. But I did, I did say to Mickey this morning when I put the freshie in the fridge that we're getting low faster than I thought. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> like we bought a slab of Peroni a couple of weeks ago and it went within a week. It's and because we're at home all the time, like well, we've stopped drinking really in the last couple of weeks, like we've stopped drinking during the week. Mm. But before that, like the first sort of three weeks of isolation, it felt like holidays. So of course you're having a drink. You have cocktail hour every day on holidays. Exactly. So what's the Shiraz that you're drinking, sparkling Shiraz? Okay. The sparkling Shiraz is from the Spring Seed Wine Company. It's a Wanderer sparkling red. It's actually not a Shiraz. It's a Petit Verdot. I don't know what that means. Um, I don't either, but it must be a grape varietal. Something small. A small. A small grape. Grape variety. <laughs> it's actually quite nice. It's... um. It's quite like blueberry, kind of plummy, that kind of thing. It's quite, no, quite it like looks syrupy. quite dark. It's quite a dark. Yeah, yeah, it is. I kind of, I like them. I like them like a good winter. I suppose I just I find the sparkling Shiraz gives me a terrible headache after about half a glass. <laughs> Last Easter, like on Easter, on Easter Sunday, my housemates and I had a um, fun wet lunch, as in like we we drank a lot during lunch. And right. the first thing we had was a sparkling Shiraz, and we're all sitting around, like, none of us had one for ages. That's quite an Easter. I feel like that's an Easter celebration. Yeah, drink. absolutely. And we were all like, what does it taste like? And then I was like, I know, it tastes exactly like those, like, hard lollies that you get from Sovereign Hill. Like the red, those red ones that make your tongue go red, like make your whole yeah, mouth right. go red. The raspberry, raspberry, raspberry drops. Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but taste is like a that. A lot of sugar gives you a massive headache. <laughs> Absolutely. that's. I've also been experiencing sugar headaches from all of the Easter egg chocolate that I've um, been eating. We didn't do it really this year. We had – I did make I did make an amazing chocolate dessert that was outrageous. Ooh. But um, – We, we, had, a, we had a hunt. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I missed the hunt. Yeah. Oh, was it good fun? It was fun actually. Like usually, Okay, this is very embarrassing, but usually I – uh, like I'll, I'll spend Easter with my family – and my yep. sister is like obsessed with the Easter egg hunt. It's like her favorite thing that, ha- that happens all year. She looks forward. She like loves Easter and the Easter egg hunt's like the climax of Easter for her. I love that she loves it. Yeah, and so my parents still. She's thirty one this year, but yeah, like, my parents still put like hide all the Easter eggs in the backyard, and then we hop around the backyard. <laughs> oh my god! Finding the eggs. Yeah, we have a little basket. And we hop around, and and the eggs are always hidden in two. And so if you find one, you, you, if you find like a group of eggs, you only take one, so the other person can can find uh, it themselves. It's very egalitarian. Um, what else has been happening? What have you been up to? Um, well, so not so much theatre work, obviously, because <laughs> everything's cancelled. Um, are you but, back in, uh, back yes, teaching? But next week, so lots of prep for mm-hmm. that because teaching collaborative theatre making over Zoom oh in, 
in 11 different really embracing the future there <laughs> um, yeah it's going to be interesting so I yeah I'm intrigued to see how that works next week I mean I think it's going to be awesome I think there's going to be really as long as we all embrace it there's going to be some really awesome new thinking that comes out of it and new ideas for possible for future work yeah um, but I think we're all going to be it's going to take us a little while to start thinking very differently and 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 realizing I think that there's less boundaries than we think there are yeah and also it's interesting like have you ever watched – have you much watched much TikTok videos? No, I really haven't. I've, I've watched a couple just of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> just of bulldogs. But, yeah. like, if you wanted to be boring and analytical about it, like, there are certain conventions within those kinds of videos as well that are really interesting. Like, there's certain songs, like, there's lots of dancing. There's lots yep. of, um, like, someone, like, someone playing two characters, the same person playing two characters, and therefore, like – they'll be talking one way and then they'll, it'll flip so they're talking the other way but they're wearing, like, a towel on their head or something to, like, indicate that they're someone else. And, like, Love there's it. all these, like, weird kind of shorthands that have, like, that are now part of the culture. Yeah, that's wow. Been, that's interesting. I, I should watch them. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting and, and just possibly more. I was talking to uh, another tutor yesterday who's a screen, she's t- teaching the screen acting to the teens and she was listening to a drama teacher in Sydney talk about teaching over Zoom and saying that she had found it so interesting that the most introverted people who are who she's been teaching live in her classes before we were all sent to stay at home, uh, those people are now much more confident t- learning through Zoom. Wow. Yeah. There you go. And and they're speaking up like they hardly spoke before in class. They they didn't contribute as much. They were they were really much really followers. And now they they feel more confident in um, uh, contributing and you know just having their voice heard. It's interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. I yeah. wonder if there's like a obviously video chat sucks. Like in terms of like having any real one on one like. Um, the 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 energy is absolutely lost when you're talking like one on one in in over yeah, the yeah. internet as opposed to in real life. And I wonder though if like you know how when people talk about like the difference between introverts and extroverts, how introverts get their energy from them like from within and find that themselves much more energized when they're spending time alone. Ah, but extroverts need yeah. external energy and and love being around other people because they feed off the other people's energy. And I wonder if, like, yeah. they're just introverts and therefore, like, they feel like they're alone and they're not really getting that energy from the screen because it's impossible to do that. Yeah, yeah. So they're feeling, yeah. like, really comfortable and much more creative and open because they're yeah. alone in a That's way. That's a really yeah, interesting theory and I think it, that absolutely is part of it. And, and the fact that they're in their own space which can mm. is is often more feels more safe or they feel more comfortable in any way, mm. um, and I think it can. <clears throat> I found it interesting doing the doing my yoga classes through Zoom, and I found it more intimate than it had than it is in the studio. Weird. We're all yeah yeah. It's like everyone check. I guess you're seeing everyone's faces quite close up mm. when at the beginning of the class, and. 
even though in the studio we all say hi to each other, we don't know each other. You yeah. just say hi and you know the teacher and you have a chat to the teacher, but everyone else um, is just kind of in the class. And I guess also because it's aerial yoga, you tend to be in your cocoon a lot of the time so you don't see <laughs> <it>. <laughs> but Speaking to my sister today on the phone, she was saying how um, – like she's had dinner parties with people that she hasn't caught up with in ages because they're living in Berlin. And so yeah, she's right. like, well, I'm never going to talk to you again. But now that, you know, they're, you can't talk to anyone, she's like, do you want to, like, you, you can have breakfast, I'll have dinner, let's, like, have a chat while we're eating a meal. Yeah, like it, so it does feel like there's actually this expanse to kind of broaden your social circle in a weird way because mm. everyone's, like, put on the same level like someone that lives around the corner is the same as someone who lives in Germany <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah as long as they've got a computer and internet yes yeah um, exactly yeah, tell me what you've been doing um well I've been <laughs> I've been watching just like yeah like random tv I, I finished um that um reality tv show that's called love is blind where they like date but oh, they're yeah. in pods so I finished yep. that it was fantastic yep, great were you um, satisfied oh well the last episode was an hour and a half and it was like just wedding, and then the next wedding, and then it was just like Disgusting. horrible. It's like a factory. <laughs> and by that point, I was like, I'm so disillusioned with love, <laughs> <laughs> with this real love I'm oh, seeing. I know. Oh, anyway, so that that finished. By then, I I started watching um, Unorthodox. Have you oh, it's great. seen that? Yeah, yeah. I've it. just I'm, well, I've just finished the second episode. It's like so good so and good. so interesting Is in it, terms well, of. There's a few flaws I found actually um, in the writing. So it'll be inter- what episode are you up to? I just finished the second episode. Okay, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. Let's chat about it again okay. in our next podcast. Yeah, cool. <laughs> because we've moved from theatre now to anything. <laughs> to anything else. To reality television. Um, but, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. Uh, the first two, I mean, I still thought it was excellent. I loved it, and I loved the that actor, the female actor. Mm. I just think she's so interesting to mm. watch and mm. um, so engaging, and so many layers. Mm. Um, but yeah, let's have a chat about it uh, next time. And there's also watch at the end. There's um there's the making of it, which is so interesting. Okay, too. sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's particularly interesting because my husband obviously works, works at an Orthodox yeah. Jewish school, so it's really interesting watching it with that in the room as well. Like he's not Jewish, obviously, but he's he has that the knowledge environment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just also but really nice understand. to see a t- television show that's set like not in New York or like not in kind of like a, an American. Like it's great to see Berlin on film. It's so Isn't great. it? Yeah. It- Awesome. Yeah, it's so it is so great. Um what else have you been watching? I've been reading We set heaps. ourselves a task. I finished. I started and finished The Slap. Have you ever read The Slap? No, but I Christos Chalkers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've well I remember I watched the T V did you watch the T V series? No, I, um, I think oh. I might just to like compare and contrast. Yeah, do. I I would quite I've never read his work at all actually, but I've watched both his a couple of his pieces that have been turned yeah, into TV. Yeah, and there was TV. a play that was adapted from his book as well, one of his books, that oh, went okay. on at the Art Centre a couple of years ago, or I think last year or something, and apparently it was beautiful. Mm, I think his work is beautiful. And it's so well structured. Like, I think that that's yeah. the most amazing thing. Like, the kind of, the points of drama are so well paced 
it has that kind of domestic setting that lends itself really well to theater as well because it's like the yeah, tension is between the characters in a domestic in, in the backyard kind of thing so you can kind of like it's very visually evocative and you can just imagine it all taking place within in your own backyard kind of and especially thing. for us being australian as well 100 yeah and he, he he is melbourne based isn't he i think he is yeah i think so well the yeah, set so melbourne. i think yeah, and it was, yeah, I found a good, I found all of the characters to be incredibly unlikable, and mm-hmm. uh, there was, like, one, the teenage girl in it I found to be likable, but other than that, I was like, you're all terrible people and have bad judgments, <laughs> <laughs> which was a bit like, come on, like, I want some, and I found the insight into the masculine mind around the way in which they saw women, and with the women in their lives, and all that yeah. kind of thing to be incredibly interesting and, and very kind of almost affirming of my, you know, greatest fears about how yeah. certain men see women. <laughs> so that was a bit like, oh, cool. Like, he's, yeah. a, he's a novel full of men who see women for where they yeah. can stick it as opposed to anything I else. I love that. Yeah. But oh, it was a fucking page turner. I finished yeah, it in like nice. three days. It was amazing. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then now I'm, I'm reading this amazing book called Trick Mirror. All right. Um, it's just it's a book of essays. It's by this woman called it's Gia Tolentino, um, and it's just this amazing set of essays about really interesting and relevant things. Like the first one's about the internet and how identity and kind of commodification of the self, or like via social media and stuff like that, first began. Because yep. she's and she's, I think she's probably around like early 30s and so she kind of came up with the internet like changing into this kind of social media thing that it is now but then I just read one about the the optimization of women and how oh yes you texted me about that yeah yeah and like she talks about just how like women have become an almost like a commodity that they themselves want to optimize to give the best performance within our capitalist society and right. especially when it comes to like doing aerobic class and she talks, she talks a lot about bar like do, doing bars in b-a-r-r-e and how like that like Morrison doesn't know what it is yes, bar, right? how weird was that when he was like i don't know what that is but uh, that too weird. i know and he lingered on it for ages yeah it's like oh my god how much weird. more of a man oh can you get <laughs> but like it's interesting that bar is like very feminine and it's about yeah, well, it's, it's about zeroing in on certain parts of the body. So like literally seeing the body as this like one thing that you could sell, but then it's made up of different parts that you can optimize to then wow. get to the point where you can go when you can go back to your life. And it's all about like this like economy of attractiveness of, of a woman and how sexually appealing like it. Anyway, I'm not doing it justice at all, but it's No, I understand that because it's all I mean, bar is all about aesthetic. Yeah. Rather than fitness. Absolutely. Yeah. It comes from classical ballet, yeah. And that's all about the aesthetic and what mm-hmm. you're presenting. Yeah, and it's about um yeah, toning and, and lengthening the muscles mm. and reducing the fat as opposed to, you know, building any kind of strength. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, uh, health. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just reinforcing the fact that the value of a woman is her appearance. Mm. More than anything else. And anyway, yeah. not all these essays are like as incredibly aligned with my interests as this particular yeah. one we're talking about is, but they're all so um, just they're so well researched. But there's she has such a personal take on them. They're so re- like I've just been like whipping through it, even though they're, even oh, though they're wow. essays, which isn't they're not yeah. fun to read, you know. Usually, 
Anyway, I'll lend it to you afterwards. After yeah, I finish great. it, I'm like halfway through, so whenever awesome. we see each other next. <laughs> yeah, I know. Next year. Well, I just finished, obviously, a while ago, like maybe about a month ago, I finished the Testaments finally. Mm-hmm. And because normally it, uh, I'm, I, I'm a really slow reader and because I find it really difficult to focus and stay on, stay in the book. Mm. I've always, I'm always thinking about all the other things um, that I've got to do. And so because I've had time, I've found it quite quick to read. It's amazing. And got through the Testaments quite quickly. I, I, I mean, you can't say you enjoy that work, but uh, I felt like it's more, even more relevant now than The Handmaid's Tale was. Uh, and, and perhaps even more frightening. I felt like it kind of, it felt like the end just, she was like, quick, got to get to the end. Uh, yeah. And quickly stuck an ending on. Um, Wait, so is the I, Testaments, I it, uh, is it pre or post? It's Day? post. So it's, yeah, like I think it's like sort of 15, 20 years later. Um, and But it's the world that we live in now still. And it's women who are, it's not even about how women look. It's about the behaviour of women and the, the um, I guess, women as a commodity, like like the what the, the particular role, because they're all categorised mm. and, you know, so some are, you know, some are the, the sort of higher echelon wives um, and then some are just purely for baby making and then there's these, these like women who are the workers and then there's the women who are the kind of mentors to all the other women in society, but they're all they're super masculine, mm. and they are horrific. Yeah, they re- they behave really aggressively, and and it all comes down to it comes back to God, and it's a it's a take on on um, I guess the a gospel, and I guess it's more maybe it it is more like what's going on today, but then it, I guess it's also less like it. Like it feels very culty. But I, it was interesting. So I finished it and I was I was really I, – I saw – went to a Margaret Atwood talk with her oh, while, that's right, while yeah. I was reading it, which was awesome. It was such a great um, experience to be reading the Testaments and then also go and see her speak when we could still go out. Um, and that was quite inspiring and it inspired me to read the rest of it. And then I was on this um, Facebook messenger chat with all these fabulous women. I think you were on there as well. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, I'm a fabulous um, woman. You're a fabulous woman, <laughs> uh, and I love that we're included in that list. I know, it's so, so lovely. Great. And they are. I love what this random Facebook chat that one of one of our good friends has set up, who is a, a fellow um, theatre maker, a designer, and it's just all the. She's, it's just women talking about what they're doing to keep themselves going during social isolation. And it's great. Like people are baking and people are having really horrible days and drinking a whole like 12 bottles of wine and, you and know. gardening. There's so much gardening, gardening happening. And, and making stuff but feeling depressed and so just all, all of everything and then but someone's got your back with whatever you put on there. It's mm. really lovely. Yeah. Um, and so I'd said on the group, you know, I've just finished the Testaments. Um, what, you know, I'm looking for a new book and someone, this woman who lives in Singapore who I've never met. I haven't met half of these women. Yeah, I haven't met any of them. Yeah, yeah. and she was like, oh, this, this, this. And she went, right, Fleischman is, is in trouble. That's the book I read after the Testaments. Read it. Is it good? Have you and read went, it? I've read it. I finished it. I've, it's the fastest read I've ever done in my I life. I tell you, that book was like booked up for three years at the library. 
Like, people, have you read it? it was, no, no, no. It was like hot property. Like, there was no way I could have read it if I wanted to borrow it. Fantastic. It's so well written. It is mm. really, it's, it's beautifully written. Um, I've just lent it to my sister. So once I get it back, I will post it okay. in Australia Post to you because I was going to post you the testaments, but I feel like you can't read that until you've read The Handmaid's Tale. Which you I can't read Harry, the second Harry Potter unless you've read the first no, one. No, you can so, But, yeah, Flash <laughs> is in trouble. <laughs> um, bloody fantastic. And it was an absolute page turner. Just went where I – I just didn't see where it went, where it was going to finish. Right, I was right. like, whoa. Yeah, and I literally read like the last quarter of the book over one night and a morning, which I never do. Like I never – like wake up, up and then read. Yeah, yeah, wake up and read. I it know. Awesome. Yeah. And, and that that section that I sent you the other day was that, that from was from the end of that. Yeah, and I was Sweet. like, oh my god, this is this is like it in a nutshell. Mm. Like this is so eloquent, and it this is I just it resonated with me so much about again it's the same thing you know just the what we're told as women. And then what's expected of us mm. as women if we try to achieve those things. Mm. And um, and I, I was reading it as well and I was like, I've heard this before. What's going on here? And then I realised, of course, Crab and, and Sales, Sales and Crab, had talked about it incessantly. And, yeah. had, and I remember Lee Sales had read that section and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then reading it again after the, the whole section, the whole book, it just suddenly it's like this huge like smack in the face. It's amazing. It's, mm. it's great. Yeah, really great. Fantastic. And a little bit disappointed in the ending. Oh, <laughs> it's very ending because um, it was yeah. Just again, I felt like I mean it was the sense of hope, but which is probably you know what's pro- most appropriate at the moment. <laughs> but I was also like, ah, oh, do we need that? Yeah, <laughs> like, come on, guys. You no, know, that's not real. Yeah, um, treat me like an adult. Yeah, exactly. But no, that was awesome. It goes to show how um, when things are characterised really well or when characters are going through things that are reflective of philosophical or political ideas, it's so fucking engaging. Like it's just incredible. And I think particularly engaging because these characters are my age as well. I don't know. I, I don't know when the last the last time I read a book where the characters were my age, um, and they that that really resonated as well because I mean the whole thing. Mick asked my husband asked me the other day. He was like, "What's it about?" And I was like, "I guess it's really about people our age just not having their shit together." And you know, there's still like that expectation that you, you hit a certain point and you look like you've got your shit together, so you got your shit together, but you don't ever have your shit together. I don't think anyone feels like they have their shit together, no matter how much they have their shit together. No, yeah. no, exactly. Everyone's weird. Yeah, and so it was. Yeah, it was great to kind of um, read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we gave ourselves a task. <laughs> we sure did. did. Have you watched? So we did. Obviously, you know, we are theatre makers, and we thought we should um, try to engage with some theatre. <laughs> during this self-isolation period. Mm, and I miss there's it. There's a lot of great miss it so streaming much. available. Huh? I just miss it. I miss going to the theatre. Like I really oh. miss like just sitting in a room with people and watching a story unfold and watching movement Live. and interpreting 
the like all the decisions and oh I just miss it all well that I don't know did you watch have you watched Jane Eyre yes but yeah I have a, and, I have a caveat okay okay well the what I will say just in terms of what you've just said is that I watched it last night and we didn't finish it till midnight because it's fucking long but at the end I just burst into tears involuntary tears and I was like why am I crying it's such a happy ending and then I was like it's because I miss theatre so much and I it was the curtain call and I was like you know this mm. is you know when you're in the theatre and you watch a great piece of work and you all you do I tear up all the time when I'm in the theatre and I'm watching great work yeah. and I felt like that watching it last night but I was also I felt quite a bit like something was missing I felt really yeah. um, yearn, a yearning mm. and I was just like oh I miss it so much yeah yeah, it's it's incredible how and I also love that within the edit of it they've got those messages at the start and in, in interval just saying mm. like this lots of theaters around the world have had to shut down the theater industry's really like just those little just little sentences reminders just, yeah, yeah reminding us how important and and uh, nourishing theater is yeah, yeah I guess it's yeah. I miss that the the whole exchange of energy between yeah. And because yeah. I found it's really hard to watch. I was I watched, okay, basically my days are I wake up in my bedroom, go to the toilet, come back to the, my bedroom, do work, and then, like, have a shower, come back to my bedroom. Like, everything's, like, now in my bedroom because we have four people living in this house. And so if you go and, and make noise and, and everyone's working, so yeah, so my, my workspace is my bedroom. Yeah. And so my so I watched it in my bedroom. And I found it so hard to just focus. Also, I gotta say, Jane Eyre was like my awakening piece of literature as as yeah. a as a teenager. Like I was like, oh my god, words are amazing after reading Jane Eyre when I was like fifteen. Yeah. Or and it stuck with me so much. Like I remember like writing down like big passages from it, and like I just loved it. And then I loved it to the point where once. I was in an op shop and I saw a vinyl abridged recording of Jane Eyre that someone had done and I oh now I bought it and now I own it. <laughs> like I fucking Amazing. love Jane Eyre. It's like one oh of my, my favorite gosh. things. When we're allowed out, can we listen to that? Too? Yes, I've I've listened to it like three times. That's so good. Brilliant. Um and so I found so obviously that's very high expectations to then place upon Of course, yeah. A piece of theatre. And the thing I was disappointed with was, I guess. So did it, you watch? It, you watched it all. Okay, I watched it until they kissed for the first time. Right. That beautiful moment where they kissed, and like there were so many beautiful moments, like having a band on stage. Like what a beautiful uh, just kiss. theatrically. Oh, I was like gorgeous. Oh. Um, I watched it till then, and then it was like dinner time, or like something happened, and yeah. so I had to leave, and then I got distracted by the rest of the night, and then I was like, right, I watch it tomorrow, but then of course. It's off. It's, it's finished. It's been finished. So yeah. I watched it up until then, but because I've read it, I'm I know it quite well, I, and I they, they they were following the plot point points quite um, accurately. Yeah, and I love like now I'm just going into my review of it, but I loved the um, the discussion that she has with her mind, like all the thinking. Oh, Fantastic. Yeah, I love and yeah. I, I loved it because like it was a beautiful theatrical device where she. You know, they've set it up really clearly, like within the first parts of the play, where she 
basically says think and then these like kind of chorus members respond and then suddenly it's almost like there's a dialectic happening between her and like three other people on stage but we know very clearly that it's her kind of Mm. ruminating on these issues and and then that happens throughout the play but the thing the beautiful thing about Jane Eyre is the prose and the kind of philosophical tendrils that that it goes on within the book yeah and I found that because it's actually quite a plot heavy book like it's like this thing happened this thing like it's quite like it's linear but it's like so much shit goes down that like you can't just pause and be like anyway here's a beautiful moment of the florid right. language yeah and I really missed that because I was like yeah this is yeah. an okay story but it's it's just Cinderella like it's not like it's it's not that different to a lot of other kind of rags to riches z stories like there's a couple of different things in the middle but yeah it's I think it I mean it feels it's more um it feels more realistic like it feels it's not about being saved I don't think like she makes her choices that's true yeah what happened yeah, no, I, what happens, because I maybe this resolves itself, because you know how she returns home to her Aunt Reed, and yeah. Aunt Reed's like, I responded, and, but also like, the you. letter from your long-lost yeah. relative, I told yeah. me you were dead. Does she then meet up with a long-lost relative, or is that no. just like a dead-in-the-water plot? No, that's just, it's just mentioned. It, it's too, I mean, the play was, it went for three hours anyway. I know. Like, it would have been a five-hour piece otherwise, but... It, and I feel like most people watching Jane Eyre know the story. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so it was just mentioned really and used as a device so to, for us again to see Jane's humility mm. and even though the aunt never, she, you know, she realises, she, she reads the letter and she's like, this is three years ago, Jane doesn't get aggro and, and take revenge, instead she forgives the aunt. Yeah. So it, it comes down to Jane's, the the um, trajectory of Jane Jane's... Um, development. Development and um, humility as a, 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 and strength and uh, individuality as mm. a woman, mm. which is, you know, unheard, not unheard of in those days, but we, I mean, in terms of the stories that are documented, yeah, we don't hear about them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Barb, like, what a beautiful character. Like the fact that she uh, like isn't satisfied. She's never satisfied. She constantly wants more. And she's saying there's, there's a speech in there where she's like, you know, I've, I want, I want to be engaged and intellectually stimulated and all that kind of thing. It's yeah, it's and they use that speech yeah. still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they use they, you know, they well, you know what? I, I absolutely loved it, and I woke up this morning still just couldn't get it out of my head, and I had the music in my head, mm. and but also I'm different to you in that I I don't want those long sections of prose because yeah. that's when I drop out, mm. and and I loved the the physical representation of everything. Thing, mm. and the theatrical devices used within it and the movement and the the flow that constant flow it was like it was like watching a whirlpool yeah. just making different patterns mm. and um I found I, I just was so engaged by it and I was looking at I was like this direction is bloody fantastic and these actors are brilliant and then at the end I watched the credits and it was devised Oh my god! Work. That's so interesting. And that's why it is the way it is. Yeah. And that's why you don't have the full 
multiple long pieces of prose. Yeah. Because and it was devised by this company. And so they've they've obviously take they're obviously super, you know, passionate about this book and they've taken the book and they've pulled it apart and worked on the floor to to tell this story of this strong, independent mm, woman. Mm. And I, I was like I was like, this is it. Like that you you couldn't create that work if a playwright had written it first. And well, yeah, I actually was like, that. I was it, thinking this is not particularly good playwriting. <laughs> like, in terms yeah, of like this, right. I, I found it to be, now that I know it's devised, it's so interesting because I was, I loved like the running and I loved all yeah. of the, um, the representation of any time a character died. And actually that yeah. really like hit home for me how many people have died in Jane's life. Like this, this, this constant repetition and because they use the same movement every time, it was just like this beautiful kind of like anytime she gets close to anyone, they leave her. Which is yeah. such a beautiful, and it was so emphasised within the visual representation because of the movement. And it didn't it didn't get tired either. I just thought it was so clever. The curating of it was so clever. Mm. There, you know, there were a couple of moments, that the the travelling movement. So there was this obviously this moment beginning. Oh, it's kind of like a quarter of the way through where Jane um, leaves. She's grown up into a woman. And actually, I thought the character transformation was brilliant. Yeah. You know, she starts to play. I was thinking last night, where is the moment where we learn as an audience that this is not uh, realistic uh, in terms of its representation? It, where is the moment where it's like becomes very theatrical and we start to learn the devices? And it's from that very beginning where she stands on the stage as a, a female actor and cries like a baby mm-hmm. and we watch this baby be born and it's Jane's baby, it's Jane's baby cry and the actor playing Jane cries and looks out at the audience mm. crying and I was like, oh, so and then good. from then on we knew we knew that we had to work hard to read this, yeah. all the symbolism yeah. in this work. And um, how beautiful was that moment because they've got this kind of like bundle of material at representing the baby that then gets passed around but then like the father dies and the mother dies and like, there's this, and, and then the uncle dies, and it just gets past to this last vestige, which is this like crotchety old woman who's like, now I have this baby. And then she just like unfurls it and like flaps it out into a dress that then she puts over Jane. Like, what a clean way to communicate that. So cool. Yeah, so clean. Again, like we were saying last week, you know, clear theatre making, mm. really beautiful technique beautiful craft mm-hmm. um and then at the end so obviously you didn't see the end oh, yeah what happened in the end but <laughs> the, the technique that same idea comes back and um rochester takes off his coat wraps it gently into a baby Aww. and they all say it's a girl Aww. and they have the child it's beautiful oh, it that's comes so beautiful back. Oh, i wish i'd seen the rest <laughs> of it <laughs> damn i know it's so like I, I did. I felt like Act One was stronger than Act Two, um, but I think that's. It's just Act Twos are always hard anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, and and Act home. One moves faster. Yeah. Um, whereas act, act Two, you know, you start to go like, Fuck, can this can this girl take anymore? Like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop throwing all these obstacles. She at her. leaves right, um, and then he, and then the, and then the house burns down. Oh, because of Grace Pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, um, I was going to ask anyway, you. Anyway, the moment that I loved. Oh yeah. No, no, you go first. The moment that I began talking about earlier was this 
when she travels as a, a woman to finally to take up the role as um, au pair or what do they call it, a governess um, or yeah, something. Yeah, governess, yeah. Yeah, um, at um, uh, Rochester's house. What's it called? Thornfield. Thorn- mm-hmm. Thornfield, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm like, obviously, Katie, I know this book back to front. I know, I'm so bad. <laughs> so this particular moment that I cannot stop thinking about was when she goes on the carriage, the horse and carriage, clearly, is the travelling, the way they travel. And the way they set it up is all of the ensemble come together and the ensemble work was insane and because it was devised, obviously it was. Um, but they all come together in this ensemble and they just, the the, band, the live band on stage starts this percussive mm. um, sound and, and there's all these, like, it's almost like a one-man band sound, like there's, Bells and it reminds whistles me of like New Orleans kind of like loose, yes. fast, jazzy. Like heavy, yeah. Like and then they're running. They're just running all together with their eyes on the same spot, running, running, running. And then you realise because the, the MD is calling out the names of the stations that they're stopping at, that they're travelling and then the, it slows down and then they all move apart at times and then they come back together. And every time she travels, they get on this carriage and mm. it's so satisfying. Mm. But then, you know, I was thinking, gosh, this could get tired. And at the point that it got tired, the director chose not to do it and just brought in the sound, took away the movement and we understood exactly what was going on because it had been set up for yeah. us. And it was just so such great directing, such great theatre making. They, you know, a, a good theatre maker knows that an audience starts to, to expect, learn. we start to follow the patterns yeah. and we, we learn and then we get bored and so you've got to mix it up and just at that moment she did and I was like, oh, it was so satisfying. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for making such a, like, well-crafted piece of theatre. But well-crafted theatre, yeah, yeah. And devised at the National Theatre yeah, in London. Sick. A devised yeah. work. Come on, Australia. <laughs> it's allowed. Actually, it can be though, great. that's something that you're. Oh, I feel like working with you, you you do often always like you. I think we're both very audience conscious. Conscious. Mm. I think we're both like, all right, when like how how is this going to engage you? Like, how is this going to keep them? You know, because of the subject matter that we often delve into, which is like issues based theatre. I think that we then like are like, well, how can we actually engage people in this and make and entertain them? But when we went up to to Canberra and we were we were using um, projected projected words to uh, instruct the performer in their action, and so yeah. the performer would, so it would have to like it would be like you know do a twirl or like. And then the actor would have to do the thing that the text said. But we were also like, well, this is more effective if we have a voiceover also reading out these words. Yeah. Anyway, I rem- I just remember you saying, well, maybe we don't need the text until, you know, later on when the, the voiceover cuts out. And so, and, and that's when the actor can start responding to the text. But then you were like, actually, no, we need the text from the start because we need to teach the audience to look at the text. And yeah, it was just like yeah, such a small little moment. I was like, yes, that's how you direct. Because, <laughs> like, yeah. you're like, how, how do you teach an audience to interpret this work? Is such yeah, a big part of directing. Yeah. Especially in, an, in that that forum. Can you hear? I wonder if Dougie's snoring is coming over. <laughs> I hear it. <laughs> I wish I could. Yeah, because that forum, you know, that, that we were shifting from one piece of work to the next and, and each piece had different rules. So we mm. had to set up the rules really quickly. And yeah. that's 
you know, without here we go dropping the NIDA bomb again. But when we're at NIDA, <laughs> um, that's a, a really important thing that I learnt was you have to set up the rules as the director um, yeah. for the audience because how and are they going to, to engage and, and get the message? <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't um, I mean, you can't treat them like idiots, but you also can't expect that they understand exactly where you're coming no. from immediately. No. And, and that's also, what really appreciated Jane Eyre. You know, they set up the rules so quickly with that baby crying. The yeah, just yeah crying. exactly. But And also they won't believe in the world and they won't invest in the world yeah. unless, unless the rules or conventions are set up quickly and consistently. Exactly. Which is actually yeah. what was a massive issue with The Great Australian Play for me. I was like, yeah. what are the rules here? What's happening? Yeah. Like yeah, you're using way changing. too many different devices and like Yeah. Yeah. And then in Act Two it changed again. Yeah. And yeah, which is it, fine. Was, you, do, you do feel like you're floundering. Yeah, exactly. But I was like, well, I don't believe in any of this because you're I just started to believe in this one thing and then it, yeah. I remember once I went to a chunky move performance and one of the performers set up like a a fake fire. So they had um wood and then they, they had some wood and then they actually got a member of the audience to to press um, on a button that would yep. release fake smoke. Yeah. And there was, it was like a beautiful moment. And I was like, oh, my God, like they've created this beautiful like pretend fire and we all believe in the fire. And then there was no ceremony or like any acknowledgement in just like walking right over the fire like <laughs> no, later on. And I was like, you just set up this fire and now it's like not a fire. What? Like what? Like I just invested all this yeah. like imaginative energy in the fire. Yeah. And it's such a small Take thing. It's the time. Like, it's the time and the consideration. It's the rigour. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. the rigour. <laughs> it's the rigour. There was another beautiful moment. I mean, we could, I could talk about Jane Eyre forever. Um, it was another beautiful moment where... Um, Rochester was talking about a bird, and, yeah, and he, he had the bird on his hand. It was oh, stunning, that was and, and it was all there was no bird there, but we could see and imagine this bird. Yeah. And then he shifted the bird from hand to hand, and then it flew away. And yeah, it, the world was set up so concisely, and yeah, just awesome theatre making. Yeah. It made me so excited, and you know this because. You know, what we're going through now has made me, again, as I constantly seem to do, like everyone else, I think, in this industry, <laughs> go, all right, are we doing the right thing here? Am I in the right industry? Um, and I've been thinking, you know, like what's going to happen when we come out of this? It's going to take a while before we can all be back in the room with other people again. So do I, do we, do I need to consider other options? But mm. I just, that watching that last night, I was like, fuck. This yeah. is it. Yeah. This is it. It's so you have powerful. to get back to that. Yeah. The one it's thing so that I thought that you'd have a problem with was mm. because there was like a lot of levels in, in the set and there was a lot of ladders and, and climbing up and down. There were so, there were certain moments where I was like, stop climbing up the ladder just to get down the ladder again. I found yeah. it a bit too uh, – you know what it was? It was probably transitions. It was probably like they'd gotten that yeah. bit and then they'd gotten yeah. the, the next bit, but they hadn't worked out how to get there. So they were like, oh, let's climb up the ladder and climb back down again. And now we're in a new scene. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, um, I think also if you're sitting in the audience at the theatre as well, that's going to be more overwhelming because we had a camera because we're watching it obviously yeah. on a screen. So there's a camera that's giving us some close-ups and giving, telling us 
where to look at times. Whereas I think when you are, yeah, there, sometimes there was a lot of up and down. I think it became quite clear by the end. I was like, oh, okay, so that's always Jane's room. And then here they're going, like it, it became very clear that they were living in a mansion because mm. there was so much movement. Mm. But, um, yeah, I can totally understand how that would get too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I was just like, because I know that you hate unnecessary moving around for the sake of it. And yeah. I was like, I wonder how Katie's going with this. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> mind it. I, was, I think also because, you know, the moments, the mo- the scenes themselves, aside from the ensemble scenes, which were still very controlled, were still quite static. And yeah. so then and, to have and, that flow yeah. in between one kept the energy going, mm, yeah. which I really appreciated. That singer was oh. just incredible. I don't think I've heard yeah. that kind of live singing like, like not yeah. that it was live, but you know, just her. She was the tone of her voice was just beautiful. And the eighties, yeah. And yeah. Just the the range, like just hitting like beautiful high notes and then really low, kind of like almost chanting kind of thing. There's something so beautiful about live sound on stage, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, and there was yeah. that moment where they all sang together. I can't quite remember what song was. But there was this. I love when the, the cast suddenly all harmonizes, and you're like, "What?" Yeah, Actually, without it being a musical, it like, didn't feel yeah, cheap yeah not like a musical at all. Like, no, it was much. It was just having music on stage. Like, did you see when MTC did Twelfth Night? No. Um, it was Simon Phillips directing. So yeah, and, you know he he's craft. someone who knows the what the fuck theatrecraft yeah. is. Um, but. It was so – there were so many moments of song within that yeah. play. And Colin Hay was in it, as in Men at Work, Colin Hay. Oh. Uh, like, what Every time he sings that man, I cry. Yeah, I know. It's, it's beautiful. And it reminded me of the joy that – it almost felt within Jane Eyre that they just kind of realised that everyone could sing. So, like, let's use that. It was like here's a skill that, that we can utilise and, and enrich yeah. this – performance with like let's let's find a spot to do that and let's find a thing that works and and inject that in as well and it was so beautiful as an audience member to experience it's lifting, the, isn't it? the, yeah it's it's so liberating and it, i wish they did it again actually it would have been nice if that had come back but then maybe it also could have been cheesy <laughs> it's a fine line, it's a fine line. <laughs> <laughs> Well, should we say goodbye to our podcast listeners? Our listeners? Have a chat just All of our listeners? <laughs> Thank you. We have, apparently, yeah. we have a listener. I, I was looking at the stats. We have a listener in the States. Really? So shout out to whoever that is. Great. Please contact us. Get on our Facebook page. Yeah. Anchor. Say hello. <laughs> and look at our new – we haven't mentioned our new website. Have oh, we? yeah, we have a new we, website. Yeah, and it's awesome. It's gorgeous. It's such a good website. We love it. Um, is it theanchortheatre.com? Yep, it's theanchortheatre.com. Good. Um, but and thank you to those people who do listen. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I have, thank you I've had a couple of requests recently, actually, to make another podcast. So um, please keep listening, and we will continue through the social isolation. Yes, we will. And you know, send us requests or send us suggestions if you've got something that you want us to watch. Then yes. send it on through. Or if you've got, you know, something that's available, absolutely. We're always looking for more streaming, more yeah. possibilities. Um, and cheers. Cheers. And more, more champagne. Cheers. If you've got champagne recommendations. <laughs> yeah. See you later. <laughs>